0: Welcome to the British History Podcast. My name is Philippa Lacey-Brule and I want to extend a warm welcome to you. If you are new here, hi, thank you for joining. And if you are returning, thank you so much for your support. In this podcast, we explore all sorts of things that have gone on in British history. We look at people, we look at events, we look at outcomes and perhaps look at them from a different perspective than usual. If you would like to support me in this free podcast, this podcast will always remain free, but if you would like to support me, then you can head over to my Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash British history, and you can choose the tier there that would suit you best, starting from any £3 a month just for your kind support. Now, without further ado, let's get into today's episode. history tea time chat history chat live sorry i'm a little bit late for those of you who are uh very on very prompted on time uh i have no real excuse but welcome if you're watching on the catch-up i'm streaming live on instagram and on youtube but you can also always catch this afterwards on igtv or back on YouTube, or indeed, if you are listening on the podcast. But if you're here with me live, thank you very much for joining. I can see we have uh, Anandita uh, watching from India. Welcome. It's 6.30 in the evening there, so uh, I hope this is a nice wind-up to your day. Uh, I was looking at some of your videos earlier. Really, really, really cute, really good. Um, And Colleen joining from California at 5am. Oh, welcome. Good morning. I don't know whether to be Really, uh, do you want me to be really lively when it's five o'clock in the morning or do you want me to be a little bit gentle? Welcome Pete, joining from Canada. Uh, Who else have we got? Let me know, yeah, let me know on Instagram. So on on YouTube I can post a, a comment that pins, so I've asked everyone to let me know where they are and what time of the day it is. Because although I call this tea time, because literally I have a cup of tea if I've, managed to get one um I've been provided with this one today uh and but I I I realized that it could be wherever you are a totally different time welcome Marion hi uh thank you for joining me again thank you to everyone um who normally comes and joins me Louise in Surrey (laughs) I know what time it is where you are then um uh but also, there's. I'm getting new subscribers and new followers every day, so if you're new here, big warm welcome to you. So I do this each week, just a live history chat where we talk about, um, hi An- Andrea, Andrea, Andrea? Um, from North Carolina, welcome. Um, each week we talk about different history, uh, hi Janice. Janice, I've got something to say about you later, lady. Um, we talk about history, things that have been in the news or anniversaries, places I've been. Let me tell you about. I've got a very exciting one for you to tell you about this week. um live events we've been doing, live events that are coming up. seriously, I don't know when I sleep when I go through this with you all, I'm like this feels like a lot, but anyway, it's all very exciting stuff so um, so welcome. I've got my again my little bit of uh bit of tech Um Tracy saw me on cat show yes well we'll be talking about um, I'll talk to you about that as well so because uh, we do history after dark and we do history half-hours with me and cat um, Catherine Brooks who's the Tudor tracker and of course Sarah Morris who's the uh, Tudor travel guide hi Joanne um thank you for joining so welcome everybody Um so I'm covering today let me give you a little bit of an insight into what we'll be talking about we've had quite a few interesting um things anniversaries that have gone on uh tudor period wise mainly but obviously we've had remembrance um sunday we spoke about, a lot about that last week and um, patrons you've got the blog obviously over on uh, in patreon about how we began remembering that was what i wanted to write about how did britain and the rest of the world but obviously from a british perspective how did we start to um to remember so i covered the tomb of the unknown warrior how the unknown War- warrior was selected the process of that his funeral the cenotaph which was unveiled as part of that funeral procession which was on armistice day 1920 um, and how we uh how the poppy began to be used so um patrons you can go and read that blog if you haven't already um i also did a couple of reels um and one was i read the in flanders fields poem which is the poem by the canadian doctor uh, john mccrae who uh, he wrote the poem in in the in the first world war um and it's from that that we get the inspiration for the poppy um so i read that that's on instagram Can't remember if i put it on youtube actually i might have put it on youtube as well um and that's that's quite a moving poem so that's there i've also done a uh a merge (laughs) of the cenotaph on that funeral procession day in 1920 and you can see george v behind the coffin of the unknown warrior um because they said they paused at the Cenotaph to, have, to unveil it. And um, so that picture I've morphed into one that I took when I was down in London in May, um, when London was dead. There was no one there. Um, thankfully, it's not like that now. But I got a good photo of the Cenotaph with no <laughs> with no traffic. So I've merged those two. So that, again, that's a reel on, uh, on Instagram. Don't go yet. Go and have a look afterwards if you haven't seen that already. So there's a couple of things about remembrance. Anyway, what else were we going to do actually this week? So that was last week. (laughs) Um, Arthur and Catherine getting married. Arthur Tudor, Catherine of Aragon getting married. Um, And a couple of things about Elizabeth I. Because yesterday was the anniversary of Elizabeth the becoming Queen. So of course also her sister Mary the dying. Um, and it was also the day that I went all the way down to London, which is why I know it's not a ghost town anymore, uh, to see this exhibition um, at the British Library. So the Elizabeth and Mary Queen of Scots exhibition at the British Library. So um, patrons, you're going to get photos and also members on youtube so you can join i'll tell you about that in a minute um but i'm going to be sharing i'll share a few anyway photos but my patrons and members on youtube you'll you'll get a lot more photos from this exhibition because i found some interesting things with some of the artifacts that were on show that i hadn't um either noticed before or yeah, it was a bit different to what I expected to see anyway, so I'll, I will let you know. But we'll talk about that as well. If we've got time, we'll talk about did Henry VIII and Anne Boleyn get married at Dover in November 1532, before their Whitehall wedding in January 1533. We'll talk about that if we have time. Um, and also um, the British Library treasures. They have a, um, a sort of permanent exhibition on, uh, things move around it but there's some incredible things in there so if we have time I'll tell you about that as well. But I can't run over today because I'm um, interviewing Leslie Smith at 2.30 for a future podcast so I'll tell you a bit about what that's all about as well. Um, but before I move on I want to say a big welcome, a shout out to Janice who has joined my patron in the upper class tier so um, welcome newest member helping me get to my target of 20 patrons so thank you very very much um, and uh, if you if you're not a patron and you just want to see what it's all about you can you can go and over to patreon.com forward slash british history you can also join my youtube channel now which has things like annandita has where you get that's why Annandita's got that little badge next to her name. And Andy, Anandita, you have um you have exclusive emojis that you can use as well, which is quite exciting. If you don't want to be a member but you want to um uh support, then you can uh use super chats and super stickers on YouTube. On Instagram, you just you can you can just head over and have a look on YouTube if you fancy any of that. So, right, let's get on. To um there is a virtual it's not a tour but a look around Blenheim Palace um available to patrons today and tomorrow the podcast with Sarah Keeney that I've been going on Antonia Keeney sorry about Sarah Churchill that I've been going on about for weeks is available to everybody from tomorrow so if you're not um if you don't listen to my podcast already it's going live as a YouTube video as well um but it's it's really it's a podcast and it's uh, available. I don't know if you know that I have a podcast, but you can find that through the links um, on the top of my YouTube channel or on in my bio on Instagram and find the podcast. It's about forty minutes long. Patrons, you've already got access to it, so you can go and check it out now. But we talk about Sarah Churchill. I've talked to her about her in length a couple of times on this on on this history chat live already. So um, if you want to learn more about that you can either wait for the podcast tomorrow you can have a a look at the previous history chat but yeah with Antonia Keeney and and um, the fascinating story of Sarah Churchill what a character I think I've said before I'm not sure I would have liked her she's the first Duchess of Marlborough for anyone who doesn't know and it was it was her and her husband but her in the end because he predeceased her who are responsible for uh, getting Blenheim Palace um, finished or is it finished that's in the podcast so cool then so that's available tomorrow um also any of you who are history buffs and you like your books um tracy borman's book is out today crown and scepter i've actually pre-ordered it on uh audible no not audible yes audible can't whether it's audible or kindle anyway i have uh, i've got my copy ready to uh to start today but you might be interested in that and Tracy is actually um she's speaking on all of my tours next year is very exciting she's so so nice such a nice person such an incredible knowledgeable historian I'm reading one of her books at the moment um about James the first and uh and the witch hunts that happened in James the first reign and it's I'm getting a bit off what I was going to talk about, now, but I'm sure you're interested, James. It's almost by accident he was so anti um, witchcraft, but you could be anti witchcraft. But he was so sort of um, he, he, he wanted to find witches. He was convinced of witchcraft, and it and it it so it grew a life of its own. This, these witch hunts, and of course, if you're saying there's there's witchcraft, and the king is saying. I want you to go and find these witches, you, can't, you don't go back to the king and say, "Uh, I don't think there is witchcraft, there's no witches. There's always someone who is willing to go find them, and there were a lot of people willing to go find them. And, of course, they were mainly um, women. And you, it's a bit like... No, I'm not going to go into today's politics, but um, you can... Th- th- you could just say your neighbour was, was a witch and and then it was sort of up to them to to disprove it oh anyway i'm not that far through that book yet so when i finish it i'll let you know what it was like but apparently Tracy's um fiction trilogy about the witches it, it, witches trilogy is amazing so if you're looking for a good quality uh historical fiction then um then then that's a, then that's a, a good place to to go that's where i'm going to go next uh, michael says you can find them in witch magazine ha ha do you mean as in which as in which monthly Or oh, there's the witch witch magazine that tells you which uh, appliances are safe and good to use isn't it <laughs> is that which i don't know um but if you're interested there's only four i've only got four spaces left on tours next year um, they're on the On Progress with Anne Boleyn tour, and Tracy Borman is coming to speak to us at Hever Castle. So if you're interested in that, you can check that or the whole itinerary out on BritishHistoryTours.com. On Progress with Anne Boleyn, that's that. They're the only spaces I've got left that Tracy um, is speaking on. Now this week, I've mentioned my reel about the cenotaph. Um, <laughs> Marion. I'm a witch, they've put this nose on me. I've got a little bit of a... It doesn't show up on screen, or I hope it doesn't. Hi Lisa, welcome. Yeah, <laughs> I'm quite glad I didn't live in James the first time, to be fair. Um, I could have been in trouble. So I've mentioned I've got the Cenotaph reel out. Another one you might be interested in looking at is one of Westminster um, Abbey. And I, it's it's funny because I found a... Um, yes Michael hello (laughs) I I found a picture an old picture of Westminster Abbey with St Margaret's Church in front um, about two weeks ago and I was looking maybe a little bit longer when I was when I was preparing my talk about the history of Westminster and Whitehall but I happened to when I was down there in May the same time as I took the picture of the cenotaph I happened to have taken a picture from not exactly the same angle but a very similar angle and Without traffic, there's a black cab in there actually, and I've I've again done a merge so that you can see um, today versus I think it was in Victorian times the sketches. See which one you prefer. I'd be interested to know, but yeah, so that's a on a, as a reel as well, so you can check that out. Now the other videos that are out are about Arthur and Catherine, uh, their their wedding and uh, Elizabeth the first and Mary the first so let's shall we start with Arthur Arthur was also the topic of our visit Tudor Britain Instagram live which I do with Deb Royal at Tudor Times and Sarah Morris the Tudor travel guide we were on Sarah's handle last uh, last Friday where we talked about places associated with no, we won't, we we're on Debs, Tudor.times. Have a look at Tudor.times for uh, In the Footsteps of Arthur. Um, hi, Andrew. Oh, keeping you good, keeping you uh, company while you're on your break from work. Um, so, sorry, so places to do with Arthur. So, we did that on Friday, and also then we followed straight on with a clubhouse room about the wedding of Arthur and Catherine of Aragon so you can actually now this is new you can actually go onto clubhouse and listen to a playback of selected rooms so we're not going to, going to have all rooms on playback i don't think but that one from friday about arthur and Catherine's wedding is available so if you're on clubhouse you can go and check that out if you go to i don't know how you find them other than if you go to my profile, I'm just at Philippa B and scroll to the bottom. You can see that I was a speaker in that room. You can click on it and you can play back. Well, I'm probably about to tell you a lot of what we spoke about anyway. So when we spoke about places to do with Arthur, um, I spoke about Worcester Cathedral, which is where he is buried. We spoke about Ludlow Castle, um, St Lawrence's, church in Ludlow, which is where his heart is buried. Um, uh, Sarah spoke about um, Tickenhall Manor, which is in Beaudley, which is very near to me, Uh, but you can't see the manor anymore. What remains of it is in private hands and the frontage was uh, (laughs) Georgianified, is not a word, but in the Georgian era, era, it had uh, a new front put on, um, and so it looks georgian as does a lot of the town of Beaudley actually and yet it has medieval roots it was a port as well it's an inland port it's on the river seven you you wouldn't get big boats up there now though because the, re- the river hasn't been dredged for a long time um but anyway so we spoke about these places so i i was focusing on worcester cathedral which it again isn't isn't far from me so it's somewhere i'm quite familiar with and um, and Arthur's uh, Arthur's buried there. He has his tomb there. There's a chantry which you may have heard me say before. is very ornate. Um, it's a do they call it a perpendicular Gothic. It's 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 a very um, it's Gothic, but it's not French Gothic. It's I think it's called perpendicular Gothic, but I may have that wrong. It's just very ornate <laughs> to the lay person looks quite similar to Henry the Seventh Chapel at Westminster Abbey. Um and I read somewhere and I can't remember where, and it was a long time ago, that they they think potentially the architect of the chapel at Westminster Abbey also designed Arthur's chantry at Worcester Cathedral. Um which would make sense because it does look very similar in the style. It's covered in heraldry, his his chantry. So you have the um you have the badge of his wife, Catherine of Aragon. You have um, the Beaufort portcullis, of course, the, the feathers of the Prince of Wales, the Tudor rose. I'm trying to think off the top of my head what else now. I think you've got greyhounds and griffins and, and all the other things you would expect to see on a, in, a, in a Tudor place. And he's we, we spoke about on the clubhouse room how come he was buried in Worcester. Now he was based at Ludlow Castle when he died, um, it was in April um, 1502, <laughs> I think, was it 1502 or 1503, someone Google for me. And um, But either way, April, so it's, it's, a, it's a wet time of year quite often in England, so we're talking 500 years ago as well, so the climate was slightly different um no made roads, etc. etc. Getting the body back to London would have been a long job. However, that is probably not the actual reason why he's not buried in London. Worcester Cathedral already had royal connections. So you've got King John buried there. King John, by the way, is going to be a um a topic of one of our History After Dark episodes soon, because he deserves to be discussed in one of our History After Dark rooms. Anyone who doesn't know about History After Dark, it's a uh, gloves off look at history, the people, events, things that, what do, what do we say? No, n- you don't listen at work, maybe. Um, you, you probably want to put your earphones in if there's little people around and it's possibly not stuff you discuss at the dinner table, but we do it in History After Dark. Hi, Stuart, welcome. And it is a, uh, it's it's always at quarter past eight on a Wednesday on Instagram. So check out my story because we rotate around uh, my handle, uh, Katrina.marchant, who's Dr. Cat Reading the Past on YouTube, and uh, Catherine Brooks, who's the Tudor tracker. Anyway, so King John will be a topic in History After Dark. But King John was already buried at Worcester Cathedral, so despite the fact that he was basically a Insert insert insult there. Um, he it's got royal connections. Um, it was also the site of a royal wedding that I can't remember who uh, off the top of my head, but um, it, it anyway, it had all these connections. It's 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 a doable journey from oh, yeah, this is interesting. So, it's a doable journey from Ludlow. Apparently, and this now makes sense, and this is a, a, a bit that Sarah, the Tudor travel guide, filled in um, for me the other day. So he's brought to, um, to Tickenhall Manor, which is in Beaudley, and he's, uh, he, his body lays there for I don't know how long. And then he's taken by boat down to the cathedral in Worcester, which now makes total sense. Um... Ah, uh, oh, Janice, I'll tell you in a second. Yes, um, who we're doing this week. So that makes total sense now that he goes by boat from Bewdley down to Worcester because Worcester Cathedral is on the River Severn. It caused a lot of issues with Vikings a bit earlier on, <laughs> but it's uh, it's on the uh, it's on the river. So that makes total sense that he went by river. So I think that's why uh, that's some of the reasons why he's at Worcester. The other biggie is so it's it, Worcester is um, important enough to have a royal heir buried there because you've already got a king but it's so it's got enough reverence but it's not in London where you're drawing huge attention to the fact that the heir to the throne has just died so it's a bit of a a, a balancing act to be done and was done Anyway, so that's, uh, that's, that's my synopsis, my ideas as to why he is at Worcester. Janice says, who are we doing this week? We are doing in Visit Tudor Britain this week, Margaret Tudor. So the elder sister uh, of Henry VIII. Uh, and uh, she's the one who went up to Scotland to marry James IV. And uh, yeah, we'll be talking about her. Um, so that's going to be cool. I don't actually know a lot about her. I'm relying on, well, not about her, on her journey or the, the places. Um, because I, I've got to Scotland twice in my life. We were due to go in 2020 um, for a tour, so about Mary Queen of Scots. So that didn't happen. So ah, uh, oh, Janice was hoping it was her. Yes, 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 yes. So that's going to be very good. Um, and then, so yeah. So we, talk, so we talked about, like I say, you can catch the uh, back up on that. I'll put another link into my um, my Instagram story so that you can go and re- uh, watch that afterwards if you want, if you wish to. Um, and then we spoke in the Clubhouse Room about Arthur and Catherine's wedding and I have done a video on YouTube which you can um, which you can go and check out. Um, I'll tell you a bit more about that in a minute. Michael says, I'd like to know more about Robert Kurtos. Kurtos, Is that how you say it? Okay, I'll add them to the list. (laughs) So Arthur and Catherine's wedding. Really interesting. So I was uh, fortunate enough, and actually I think anyone can do this. If you go onto the National Archives website, you can book for talks, they're live. Um, And I didn't realize they're like weekly. Last week was about Arthur and Catherine's wedding. The preparations for it were went on for two years in the cathedral. They were married in St. Paul's Cathedral, the one that the the previous one to the one we have now, um because it obviously it burnt down in the Great Fire of London in sixteen sixty six. It's the fourth one though that was there by then. Um so they're married in the cathedral. It's taken two years to prep the cathedral, but there were so many events, which are the run-up to the wedding, and uh, following the wedding, you have an official handover of Catherine from the Spanish delegation to the English at Baynard's Castle, uh, which doesn't exist anymore, that was on the River Thames. Really, really significant castle, actually. Um, Lots and lots of things happened there. Henry VII, I think, spent, he either went straight there when he first became king, or he spent a lot of time there, but anyway, And uh, yes, there was this official handover. Um, Catherine, uh, there was a a series of pageants and a procession that Catherine went on through the City of London. I've covered this all in my video, by the way. Um, They both wore white. They were in white satin um, with gold thread and pearls and precious stones. Like they must have shimmered. They must have looked quite spectacular. Um, So what else was there that was, I mean, there's loads that's interesting, but I mean, you can check out the video. Um, So Henry VIII was, he obviously wasn't Henry VIII at the time, it was Henry Duke of York. And he he actually um, accompanied Catherine down the aisle. Uh, He's only 10 years old at this time and had a great time apparently. He quite enjoyed being centre of attention, uh, which uh, I suppose would bode well for him, at least, for the future. Um, so, yeah, so they get married at St Paul's um, and then they head off. Well, there's, there's more pageantry and there's a blessing at St Paul's two days after the wedding. And of course, the wedding night. So we discussed what happened on the wedding night of Catherine and Arthur was the marriage consummated or was it not, which obviously became extremely relevant 20 years later when Henry VIII, who went on to marry Catherine, wanted to annul his marriage to her. And we discussed all about that because obviously it's not just the the wedding night. They were married for five months by the time Arthur died up at Ludlow was the marriage consummated at any time then they're both 15 by the way they're not adults um so we went through all the what could have happened what might have happened what would be the reasons for it happening or not happening it's very interesting and i did a poll on my instagram story whether people thought the marriage had been consummated or not and it was pretty much 50 50 slightly more in favor of yes the 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 marriage was consummated just an opinion we'll, we may never ever know I'm not quite sure how we would ever find anything that would would say it had been or not so anyway check out that video if you're interested it's also on the podcast as well so there's there's an episode on the podcast so if you just I don't know if that's more helpful sometimes to just uh, consume while you're cleaning driving I don't know sometimes it's easier to listen than watch now Another couple of really interesting things. These are to do with Elizabeth. I, oh, where should I start? Yesterday was the anniversary of Elizabeth I's accession to the throne. Um, Michael says, if it wasn't, he must be very different to most 15 year old boys. <laughs> okay, well, okay, but I was thinking, one of my things about it was, he is 15. There's a whole heap of nervousness you and add to that the pressure of the fact that this is a marriage that's supposed to work and produce children not from day one perhaps but that you know that that is the expectation there's people around you have to ask to go to your wife's wife's bedchamber you have to be accompanied you know i the level of the barriers sort of really to just Having that kind of intimacy, I think are quite high um and then, of course, there is the theory that perhaps he was developing with um that perhaps he was developing testicular cancer, and that's what killed him that That's a theory, and if that had been the case, then he may not actually have been able to 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 consummate the marriage anyway so so anyway, so there's quite a lot about Arthur out, um, which you you might be interested in. So please go and check out those videos and podcasts. Elizabeth then. So Elizabeth comes to the throne in fifteen uh, fifty eight. Um. Good morning, Ali. Welcome. Nice to see you. Um, yes, yeah, so Elizabeth said so yesterday, seventeenth of November, fifteen fifty eight, and Elizabeth comes to the throne. Now I've, you may have seen on. Instagram and Facebook. I shared a picture of the oak in autumn in Hatfield Ground. Now, the legend goes that Elizabeth is sat reading underneath an oak tree in the grounds of Hatfield House, where she's been sent by her by her half sister Mary, um, and and she's she's approached by a delegation who've left Mary. Mary's died at St James's Palace in London and the delegation headed up by uh, yes thank you Michael the delegation i think by uh, headed by i think it was Nicholas Throckmorton, finds her in the grounds of Hatfield House and they've brought the the ring that was on Mary's finger to prove that you know that that uh, that she she has uh, died and that the queen uh, sorry that Elizabeth is now queen and she um I haven't got the quote with me in front of me, but she, she quotes Psalm 118 and which basically says uh, she she quotes it in Latin. She's very, she's clever. She has this planned out uh, or, or it, maybe it's on the maybe it's on the tip of her tongue. I don't know. <laughs> and she and she and she 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 says, this is this is God's doing. This is marvellous in our eyes. And of course, our um, is the royal, It's like the royal we. The, the monarch and, and god are sort of one it is marvellous in our eyes and th- someone said to me um could she really have been sat under the oak it's damp it's cold um yesterday uh was a really sunny day actually and again remember it's 500 years ago This i don't know the details of the climate at that time but i do know that it's, it was different. It, I think it was cooler, generally, but remember what they're wearing as well. So I, I, and I think if you're, you're being held prisoner, effectively, and you're allowed to go walking around the, the grounds and have some peace and quiet, it could have been the last piece of peace and quiet she ever had, actually, if you think about it that way. Uh, so yes, yeah, so you can have a look on Instagram for that oak. The oak that she was sat under, or supposedly sat under, is does no long, it no longer exists. The one in its place, I think, was a sapling from that tree. Um, a bit like the Boscastle oak. That's a different story. That's Charles II. Um, uh, but it was planted by our Queen Elizabeth. So Queen Elizabeth II uh, planted that oak that you can now go and see. You can't sit under it though, unless you go over the barrier, which was naughty. You're not allowed to do that. So yeah. So Elizabeth, um, Lisa says, was the original chopped down? I imagine it died. I'm not. Quite, I can't see. I don't want to mix up the stories. The Boscastle Oak that Charles II hid in famously overnight when he, he was escaping. Um. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll read Colleen, Colleen's comment in a minute. The boscobel Oak that, that Charles II um, hid in, uh, it died because of Victorian... Uh, in Victorian times, they got, we got very nostalgic about our history, very interested all of a sudden, and people had more leisure time and could travel places. Anyway, with the oak, people took, um, took pieces of bark, took, you know, um, for souvenirs, and it kills the trees. So I'm not sure, I don't want to mix up my stories. I know that happened with the Boswell Oak. I'm wondering whether it happened with the Hatfield Oak or it could have just died because, you know, <laughs> because cause it, trees die, I don't know. Um, but uh, but obviously the place is, the location of it is known and, and uh, at least we got, I like that follow-on story. If we can't have the original, the fact that our Queen Elizabeth, uh, Uh, you know, um, planted the one that's there now is is quite a nice follow-on story, isn't it? Colleen says, she knew Mary's death was near, she was chilling. (laughs) She was thinking this is the last bit of peace and quiet I'm going to be allowed for a while. She would be correct, wouldn't she? She would be correct. So I have a video about Elizabeth and Mary and that transition of power. Now, of course, we've got a female to female change of power there, which we did have with Jane and Mary, but that's under very different circumstances. So it's a peaceful transition of power, and it's interesting thinking of it from Mary's point of view. She she brought in the so you've got the Reformation, so be the Counter Reformation, and her religion was so important to her and yet when it came to it she picked family over the do I say over religion do you see where where I'm what I mean though um now she had big hopes that Elizabeth would continue with her work but I think she was a bit delusional in that if she really believed that that was going to happen but by Elizabeth quoting, by the way, that that psalm and doing it in Latin. So she's quoting the Bible and she, uh, the New Testament, and she's quoting, but she's quoting it in Latin. So it's not offensive to either faction. Um, which makes me think she should already thought through what she was going to say. Um, that that's kind of shows, you know, Elizabeth tried... She, I think she did try to tread a line between the factions. Um, Alice says, how down to the last minute did Mary choose Elizabeth? I still don't understand why after a life of devout religion, you'd choose family, especially since she must have held a grudge against her. Um, and Tracy says, "She did she honor her father's wishes? Um, Marion, I'll come back to your comment in a minute. I think it was very late on actually um, that, that Mary did choose, um, th- that she confirmed it as Elizabeth. Um, I just think that was probably quite human, actually. I I, I need to know more about it, but but I, th- I think it's I think it's quite human in that she just you know she thought she was pregnant twice. She thought she was pregnant, um, and apparently her. Um, Oh goodness, Deb was tell- Deb Roy was telling me yesterday. Was it Mary's effigy, which we don't see now because it's um, it's not there. <laughs> uh, she's in the tomb with Elizabeth, and it's Elizabeth that you see actually has a belly. Um. So it sounds like she whatever killed her, if it was uh, you know uh, uterine cancer or something, was she was really poorly with it. Yeah, clean. Yeah, Mary thought so. I I don't know if she just. Was holding out hope to the very last minute. Maybe she had genuine affection for Elizabeth. Who else was there? Mary Queen of Scots. I don't know. Maybe she just decided. And and yes, maybe maybe with respect to her father. But mm, (laughs) she wasn't that bothered about respecting his wishes in life until she was forced to. It's a really interesting one isn't it? It is a really interesting one. Um, Colleen said, uh, sorry, Ma- Marion said, the life of Lady Jane Grey is a sad one. I wonder what she would have been like. Yeah, interesting. Um, Michael says, I think the Tudors were cursed and they killed the rightful king, <laughs> Richard III. Wow, so that's back to kind of an idea that, that God punishes. It's interesting though, isn't it? At a time where everything that happens is down to God, and his choice and yet Henry says oh but that what I've done has gone against God I, I I can't square it to be honest um Colleen says she had to follow Henry's will otherwise it would have been chaos maybe she learnt from the Lady Jane Grey um incident that she was I mean she, she you know Mary Mary got the upper hand in that but um but it did show didn't it that people were, I mean, they were behind Mary. That's how come she managed to get the the throne back so fast. But it's an interesting one. Now, I'm going to show you some cool stuff now. So yesterday I went to see the Elizabeth and Mary Queen of Scots exhibition. Now I've shown you one of these before already. Now these are created by Tudor Times, my friend Deb Royal and her friend at Tudor Times. And I bought this one at the exhibition, <laughs> oh, Ali, why were Margaret Tudor's children not to be in the um in the succession? um I think the Scots pissed Henry off too much <laughs> there's my there's my summary. I think he just didn't what he didn't want the scot line he didn't want James's line in the um uh, in, in the succession for England, uh, I think. Um, feel free to disagree or put some put, put a different viewpoint ahead uh, 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 forward. But I, yeah, because it's a bit odd, isn't it? Why, why, when you're struggling for a, a line of succession, do you wipe out a whole line? So I picked this one up. So I've already, I think I've already shown you. Elizabeth's one um, but there's a Mary Queen of Scots one as well and Deb, Deb and, um, and her partner has done such a fabulous job it's it's a basically a yearless diary you know where you don't have the year in so you can um, it's a perpetual diary that's what they're called isn't it um, but it's got events which are pertinent to Mary Queen of Scots uh, the, the daily and also then um focus articles on a place and an event so anyway i picked up one of those they're they are really good ali they're really good and do you know, they i said did you produce this for love and she's like pretty much yeah <laughs> so you know support them if you if you if you think that I, well, I think they're brilliant so so have one of those but the reason i got that was because i was at the british library i was with deb yesterday you may have seen my photo on instagram at the elizabeth the First and Mary Queen of Scots exhibition, which is on until um, <laughs> is there a date in here? I think it's on until February. Um, Anindita, I don't know if you go to um, if you go to you see if they ship to India. Oh, I know they ship to America, Ali. I know they ship to America. So, Andita maybe they will um, ship worldwide. So that would be good, wouldn't it? Um now, look at this bad boy, oh. so I got I took yesterday nearly nearly eight hundred photographs. <laughs> you are allowed to take photographs at the exhibitions now, yay, uh oh, before we move on, Michael says Henry provoked the war with Scotland, so having James's heirs would have been a Scottish ultimate victory that is that that's a very good point, yeah. Um, Joanne says, have a look at Book Depository. Thank you for that. Now, this exhibition, so it's they're equally weighted, which is nice. And it goes through the story of the, the women's childhoods and then obviously how they came into contact, but not physical contact, into, in, interwoven into each other's lives. And there are artefacts in there that I thought I I never even thought I would see. Letters that you've heard of. So the letter that uh that announced Elizabeth's birth, the arrival of a prince S. And they have to add the S. That letter the one of those letters is there. The Checker's Ring. So I could <laughs> it is so tiny. I know everyone says it's tiny. There's a few things about the Checker's ring that I didn't realise. I did though it was tiny it's really difficult to take a photograph of though in the exhibition because it's in it's in a glass um I do do CrossFit Colleen I used to be I used to be a coach (laughs) a CrossFit coach um so the, the 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 glass um thing display unit display cabinet is as deep as it would be for the rest of the of the artifacts and I think um it meant that you couldn't get that close to the ring to to really see any detail. But so there were things that I hadn't realised about it that, that I hadn't realised. It's made of mother of pearl, so the actual um, what do you call it on a ring? Where so the actual sort of ring bit is mother of pearl. So it's quite it's quite um, wide. It's quite thick, and on the back of it. I can't show you because I've had to use my phone today to stream because I usually use my iPad and my daughter used it and used up all the battery. That's what happens when you have children; they use all your devices and use you up all your battery. Um, but I'll, I'll tell you what; I'll post one later. The back there's a there's a there's a stamp of Phoenix. Um, Marion, when was the ring made for Elizabeth? Well, this is a bit of a mystery. There is no record of it being um requested you know uh, uh, requested you know what i mean commissioned so we don't know whether it was a gift we don't know if she had it done for herself i'm absolutely convinced now that it's anne boleyn the other the other portrait so for anyone who doesn't know what the checkers ring is it's it's a ring that that elizabeth the um Elizabeth <laughs> it's a ring that elizabeth the first wore it's a locket ring and the there's there's two they're not portraits so they're what would you call them because they're they're almost carved into into it I don't know what they're called Um, one is the face of Elizabeth very very easily identifiable as Elizabeth and then the other is like oh who's this woman and there's lots of different theories put forward is it Catherine Parr who else is who else is put forward as a as a as a possible but of course her mother Anne Boleyn is is also cameos thank you Michael thank you thank you thank you um her her mother Anne Boleyn obviously is put forward as a as a candidate as well I just think it is what who else why would you have another who else could it be yeah um yeah Marion Kate Ashley could be her governess I mean Kate Kate Ashley was very very important to Elizabeth um she's the one that she's quoted about uh god this is this is going back in my memory banks that that you that that you owe one owes their upbringing that owes basically their something to those who bring us up not to um not to those who brought us into the world they do just what is natural to them i have paraphrased that (laughs) heavily because it's a very long time since I uh I heard it but yeah but but she's her governess and this is a it's a mother of pearl ring with gold rubies so on the on the outside of the locket on the lid if you like is uh an e I think the e is in diamonds god it wasn't it was open obviously because you want to see in the inside um so it is tiny it is tiny but I hadn't realised that there was a stamp on the back you never see a picture of the stamp on the back um there was like I said the letter announcing Elizabeth's uh, birth um and um oh goodness honestly the the, the <laughs> you get a little bit snowblind, which sounds so bad doesn't it <laughs> because you see Elizabeth's signature you're like oh look at it and then there's another one and another one and another one of course it's all they're all really important documents in the thing get me wrong in the uh you know in the story um and you see her last letter as well so you see her the last time um I will have a go at that Marion um yeah um sorry I'm just I am just blocking someone... I think that's done. Sorry just had to block someone on YouTube. <laughs> so interesting on YouTube today I've started to put it on so that only people who subscribe to the account can make a comment but that evidently hasn't uh, hasn't helped that happen. So anyway where was I everybody? Uh, yeah so what else was there? I mean I love this book do you know, it's not just, um, it's not even just a record of the things that are in the exhibition, which is what I thought it would be, um, but it, they do a really big write-up about about everything. Um, there is, now I've talked about Tutbury Castle a lot, um, oh her signature, clean. thank you. Yeah, so her last letter, and you see um, it's to James, I think it was to James, um, james the sixth of scotland and uh, she actually apologizes in it for for her writing but as a show of respect reverence i don't know what the right word would be she she has handwritten the letter because of course she could and probably and did a lot uh a letter someone else would write it but she writes it herself and her signature um the the the, the writing is is a lot more um well, it's just difficult. It's difficult for her to write. She's she's, she's having trouble writing by this point, and it's a little more, bit more scrawly. But obviously with the signature, because that's something you've seen exact on other documents, you can see the difference. Um, obviously, Mary, Queen of Scots, is, is captive in England for about 20 years at various places. One of those places that I've spoken to you a lot about <laughs> is Tuckbury Castle. And there's a plan can you see that? There's a plan of Tutbury Castle as it was when Mary was gonna go there and where they kept her. So that was that was really interesting because having gone, um yeah, so I'm presuming you can get this online by the way. I'm I'm not I'm not meaning to just tease you with a book that you can't get <laughs> because I've I've uh, picked up books um, from exhibitions before that I've not managed to go to um, so I, I hope I'm not showing you something you can't get hold of I think I think you should be able to um, there's oh goodness honestly there's there's the clue is that how you pronounce it clue 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 you know what you know me I mean my French pronunciation I didn't do French for very long I did it for a couple of years and I did German which was very helpful when I was interrailing and needed a coffee impress the kids no end <laughs> that is literally all i said though which is it's nearer to english it's, near, it's so near to english uh but this um this portrait of mary queen of scots more in mourning uh after the death of francis her husband um king uh yeah the dauphin um oh god honestly it's it, it's it's I actually haven't digested it all yet, as you can probably tell. So for patrons, like I say, I'm going to... Um, ah, Janice says that she's seen it in their online shop. Good, so I'm not teasing you. Oh, the Tide letter's there? The Tide letter. You know about the Tide letter? <laughs> so um, this is the letter that Elizabeth writes um, to Mary. Uh, basically, it, it, so when when Elizabeth is suspected as having something to do with the Wyatt Rebellion, which ends up being the one that means Jane has to has to die. Um, is it that that one? Is that, after, is that another one? Anyway, um, so she's... She, basically, she, she she's supposed to be being taken to... I think she's supposed to be taken to the Tower, isn't she? Um, she's at Whitehorse, that's also on the river. And she, she writes the letter... And she takes so long to write the letter yes i know janice uh she takes so long to write the letter that the tide has turned and they can't take her um but it's famous because it's got these she's so paranoid someone's going to add something to her letter that she puts in these um michael says i'm surprised babington was allowed to read private letters but then again, having worked for the for the Met, that's silly, Stuart. Must first watch of your live. I love this. Oh, thank you, Stuart. I'm, sometimes I'm a bit all over the place, but I it's because I've covered so much in one week. It can get difficult to uh, to remember everything. But anyway, I will I will share, like I say, some photos on Instagram of the um, of the exhibition. I will share even more with patrons and members on YouTube. So um so please do um check that out if you're interested in um in helping me out and supporting me because I do appreciate it we did quite a lot more believe it or not (laughs) over on Patreon and in the and in the uh in the membership oh yes there's a plan of Mary's trial and how that is going to be set out um and there's also this one, which you'll recognise, of her execution. It took me three hours, <laughs> three hours to go around the uh, the exhibition, and then and it continues in to um, to James the, the James the sixth becoming James the first of of England. Um, Obviously, he was simultaneously James the Sixth of Scotland and James the First of England. Uh, the book cost well; its list price is thirty, but I think if you have a look, it's got some um, it's got some money off at the moment. Janice says it's a great summary of events. Thank you. <laughs> now I'll tell you something. In another interesting thing that I picked up on. Now they've done at the end of the exhibition. They've done. Recreations of the effigies of Elizabeth and of Mary Queen of Scots—the ones that are in Westminster Abbey. If you've been to Westminster Abbey and you've seen their tombs, you can't see them. If you know what I mean, you can see them from the side. You can't go over the top, and <laughs> unless you're very tall, I'm not very tall. I'm very short, so I don't get to see—I don't get to see anything from much of a height. Um, and they've recreated them, and what's really are oh, janice says 25 pounds per postage so yeah they have discounted a bit um and see so you can't even tell on this this it this angle but i managed to get a photo from s- straight on um of the the recreation and she's really jowly like she says having gels herself really jowly like she it, her face looks different i'll I'll share it and you can make up your own mind but it just i'm not passing any kind of judgment on it it's just that she looked different it was odd um just from a slightly different angle she looked a lot older um so so anyway so that was an amazing exhibition like i say i'm going to get my thoughts together i'll share um some more um photos and interesting things there was a medallion See I'm nosy, so I go and look really close at things, but like I said, it took three hours. I was me and Deb, Deb Royal, I was with Deb Royal from Tudor Times. We were in need of some serious sustenance by <laughs> the by the end. Um But there's a there's a medallion which you'll 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 recognise and I went round the back of that that also has the Phoenix on the back. Um Yeah, so anyway, just very, very interesting. If you can get to it, do Um, because you you won't regret it. It was good. Um, So what else? I've done a video about Henry VIII and Anne Boleyn. Did they get married at Dover Castle in, or or Dover. Dover Castle would be the most likely, if they did, um, place uh, in November 1532 it would have been. Now I've done a video also Back in is it January was it January fifteen thirty three that they were married at Whitehall at the Holbein Gate which you can't don't know exists. There's a video about that as well, but there's a an account I think it's Edward Hall who writes down that Henry and Anne were married at Dover on their return from France. This is when Anne was taken; she was just treated as queen consort and recognised as Henry's sort of wife in waiting. Um, and we know or suspect I don't know how we know <laughs> that they they did sleep together on the return leg of that journey from France. Anne had held out for like six years by this point, so it makes more it makes a bit of sense that vows had to have been or promises had to have been exchanged for her. to to sleep with him I mean can you imagine getting this far and then just giving in anyway and 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 him going oh okay cool you can be my mistress now um although obviously they were very keen to have a a legitimate heir but then they get remarried they get married well if they got married the first time they get married again at Whitehall both though very quiet oh that was one of the things about um That was about the, uh, one of the things about Arthur and Catherine's wedding, Arthur Tudor and Catherine of Aragon's wedding, is it was a massive public wedding, which you hadn't had in living memory, and didn't have until the wedding of Mary and Philip of Spain. So that's, I, I, I sort of knew that, but it hadn't clicked in my head that that was the case. Um, Morning, John from New Jersey. Yes. I wonder, I don't, mm, I don't know if, um, (laughs) okay, Um, I don't know if they ever go on tour. Do you know the other, the one exhibition I missed at the British Library, and I've listened to the book now, three times and I've got the book although my daughter's lost it it's the history of magic one the Harry Potter one Um, because the amount of historical basis that that JK Rowling has for her inspiration for everything um, is uh, is is really incredible it's it's really interesting Um, and and the the audible book by the way is narrated by Natalie Dormer who played Anne Boleyn in the Tudors series really amazing like she, she's amazing she's also great to fall asleep too <laughs> if you're interested I think I've probably told you that before but I've been falling asleep to Natalie Dormer now for about two weeks right we're over the hour mark so I'm just going to let you know a couple of things that are coming up that are in the pipeline because I can see you again tomorrow if you're around at uh, four o'clock on my uh, Instagram we're doing Visit Tudor Britain and we're looking at Margaret Tudor. And then straight away on Clubhouse, it's myself and Catherine Brooks for History Half Hour of a Friday. Um and then we we didn't have a History After Dark this week. So we're back next week. Uh we may well do John. We may well do we may well do John. Um and um uh, sorry Monday we've also got a history half hour which we will be talking about our favorite historical exhibitions so uh, past present and future Um Michael says read the secret teachings of all ages oh, okay that's I, I love I like having book recommendations as well Colleen yes and Falcon badge um, the the carved the, the the carving I did cover it last week and I I've done a post about it on Instagram but happy to talk about it again so Paul Fitzsimmons who is a antiques dealer he deals in fifteenth and sixteenth century antiques in fact I have a friend who has a Tudor Manor House who re- wrote to me and she said did you see that my antiques dealer <laughs> has found Anne's badge which I thought was uh, very cute that she has her own antiques dealer um, yes amazing. So Anne's badge for any of you who didn't know um a a, a Anne's Falcon badge so a, a carved um so it's wood but it's like a you know a ceiling um, I'm going to say boss because I've no idea if in wood they they're, they're still called a boss um they uh, they've dis- so Paul Fitzsimmons discovered this at an auction he paid seventy five pounds for it it's now worth something like two hundred thousand I'm sure it probably it might even go for more if anyone did if he did try and sell it had it cleaned up. And it is it's it's Anne's badge probably from her Tracy Borman thinks from her from Anne's private apartments at Hampton Court Palace because um it was get atable so probably n- not from somewhere like the Great Hall which if you've ever been is very high <laughs> but, but it could have been got at got at for in the private apartments and taken and and kept either to pass on or as a as a by, an, by Anne supporter as some sort of souvenir. So it's being rediscovered and it will be on display at Hampton Court Palace. I'm really hoping that by the time I'm taking the Anne Boleyn tour there in May that the that it will be on display. Uh, trace is hopeful. So um fingers crossed. It's a fabulous story. And I think I said last week and I'll I'll keep saying things like this when things are discovered, that just shows how much is out there, ready to be discovered. Um, and and it can start, you know, let's have an open mind because well, as things are found, then it can change what we think we know about what happened. Lisa says she missed history after dark. Yes, I'm so sorry. We had to cancel. We had uh, illnesses and uh, clashes and all sorts. So we, we couldn't go ahead this week. Um so sorry about that but we're back next week. History After Dark will soon be a podcast as well. I am editing um all of that together. So any shows you've missed you'll probably find come up again in the next few weeks when well when we launch that. I haven't got a date for launching it yet. Um we are talking about doing some in person history after dark uh so some history after <laughs> history after dark on on the road in the future may well be a thing. Um, so Stuart Brown says best history period with surely Henry and Jane um, Marion can I get your podcast in the US, yes you, yes you can because you can get it through Spotify Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts other ones I've never heard of um, if you go to, after this is finished, if you go to my channel you'll see uh, on the right hand side there are some icons one of those is to the podcast um, it's just called British history which actually is actually when you just put that in the search comes up with obviously a million and one different podcasts so but there's my my smiley face on the on the uh, icon for it so hopefully you'll be able to find it there's a lot of episodes on there now and um, one thing can I just say uh, t- to support people like me creators there's there's three ways you can you can help support by obviously by subscribing and things like that but if they are monetized and i am now letting that you don't have to watch all the adverts by the way <laughs> but um you know having the odd advert just let it let it roll and whatever it just helps support and that's going to be the same on the podcast as well and um, thankfully I've got monetized on there as well which all just helps me stay here and stay creating now I am going to have to go because I'm interviewing Leslie Smith from Tutbury Castle in about 15 minutes time for the podcast so um, thank you all so much. Patrons, make sure you've uh, given me your questions for Tracy Borman. I've asked for questions from the patrons um, because I'm interviewing Tracy next week. So a lot of you are, have already submitted your questions. But if you are a patron, then get over there and uh, onto patreon.com forward slash British history and pop your questions in there for Tracy. I will let her know who's asked the questions as well, of course. But for now, I think I have probably taken up enough of your time already this week. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you. God bless. And I will see you all really, really soon. Bye. Bye, everyone. Take care.